Blog Talk Radio. that folks uh, I guess I must have forgotten to push the microphone button sorry anyway where were we yes oh man yeah this is Anch- this is connected welcome listener to to autistic people connecting naturally with other autistic people right here on anchor radio at blogtalkradio.com with today's date being Saturday June 17 2017 and the time 6 o'clock p.m. Here in the Pacific region. So, good evening, listener. Yes, if you reside where we are. But if you don't, good morning, afternoon, or next day. Again, dependent on your time zone. And welcome to Radio Drama, the show about entertainment, enjoyment, eye-raising, and a myriad of other emotions as we bring you compelling drama, gut-busting comedy, and general pleasure right here on the Anka stage. And a reminder, Radio Drama and other affiliated shows on this station, in addition to the station itself, are sponsored by Naturally Autistic Anka and the Gregory Kalura family. For more information on Anka and what it has to offer in terms of workshops, events, and products, their business website is naturallyautistic.com, and you will also find them on Facebook with the Facebook pages, Naturally Autistic Anka, Anka Promotes, Anchor Radio Shows, our own spin-off page. There's also the awards spin-off page, Anchor World Autism Festival. And finally, Naturally Autistic Magazine, Anchor's in-house magazine spin-off page. And if you are a Twitter user listener, you may also check out Anchor by following Naturally Autist, a.k.a. Leo Gregory, on their, which is their Twitter profile. And I'm your host, Tim Polipiak, broadcasting to you live from Maple Ridge, British Columbia, Canada. And joining me today, of course, is my co-star, Naturally Autistic People Award winner and host of other shows on Anchor World Radio, Maria Ilyu. Welcome to the show, Maria. Uh, Thank you, Tim. Mm. Okay. Now, you may find this hard to believe, listener, but we here on Radio Drama have reached the end of Act One in my serial horror series, Something Wicked This Way Comes, adapted from the novel by Ray Bradbury, illustrating how simple the original material material is for an adaption of this undertaking. Though this means I probably should have renamed the premiere premiere episode Act 1, Episode 1 instead, just so it doesn't appear 
too scant and thin of an overarching plotline for, fir- for this act. But no matter. Finales are filled with the grandest of endings, and our episode today will deliver in terms of bringing the build-up of this act to a close and preparing for the second arc of the plotline and characters. With noteworthy, noteworthy of this, this finale is the arrival of the train and the mysterious carnival. But I'm not going to spoil any, it any further. Instead, let's begin with our character rundown. So, Maria, who are you portraying t- today or tonight? Diane Holloway. Yes, that's what, yeah, and that mom. would be yeah, that would be uh, Will's mother, and I'll be portray I'll be portraying Will, Jim, Charles Holloway, his, Will's father, and also a voice which also belongs to a man who who will make their appearance in a later scene, close to the to the, to the end of the episode. Well, well, let's get on with then. Here we go now, with the final episode of Act One, in Something Wicked This Way Comes. Greentown, Illinois, in the month of October 1933. A time when Halloween came early for 13-year-old best friends William Holloway, and Jim Nightshade. With it, the prospect of growing up fast and arrival of a mysterious force seeking pleasure from the darkness concealed in human hearts. Anchor World Radio and Radio Drama present Something Wicked This Way Come Act 1 Finale Original novel by Ray Bradbury Adapted for radio by Tim Polipia Performed by Tim Polipia and Maria Ilyu Mom. Will grasped the, do- and the knob again, opened the entry door, then closed it, quietly this time. That's better. Did wait, you Maria, wait. Wait. Oh. wait, wait, Maria, wait. Okay, go on. All right. That's better. Did you wipe your shoes before coming in? Yes, Mom. We're in the pile. We're in the piler room. Okay, I'm coming.
In the parlor room, Diane Holloway, his mother, worked her knitting in a, in a leather chair by the glowing fireplace, letting loose with tea kettle hums, looked at him with a maternal smile. Hi, lovely. Welcome home. Thanks, Mom. Standing over the fire pit, back turned and right arm resting on the mantel, was Charles Holloway, his father. Lost in the lost in the Rococo calligraphy on a familiar piece of paper in his left hand, the same one that earlier had clung to to Jim's leg like a burr. Hey, Dad. Dad. Charles, Will's here. <laughs> Stricken as if caught in the midst of a, of a criminal act, Charles whirled fast to face Will, hid the paper behind his back, doing his hardest to cover a dismayed expression with an innocent twinkle of the eye. Uh, uh, hi, son. Good to see you. Dad? Was that... What? Uh... The handbill, the handbill, Will. Same one you, you and Jim were reading a moment ago. Just ask him for goodness sake, Will's mind pestered. Uh... Nothing. Trick of the eye. Easily fooled, aren't they? Yeah. My fault. Hey... Don't get don't get yourself down. Mine tend to play pranks of their own. Oh. So, anything new? Charles stood gaunt and serious. One of the one of the libraries, a stone lions, blew off the steps, and is now out prowling the town looking for tender, juicy Christian meat. Turning to Diane, he scrunched his eyes and furled his brow, handed up for the masses. Rumor, rumor has it this beast assumed human form and taken for it a mighty fine Christian mate, who just so happens to be one hell of a cook. Charles, quit it. Eek! Ha! 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 <laughs> Charles swilled with pride and, and curtsied before his wife, kissing her on the cheek. <laughs> Always a pleasure for the lady. <laughs> wow, Dad! You even had me going there for a minute. Will's compliments made Charles bristle. Thanks, son. But the contemplative, sorrowful, sorrowful tinge in Charles's face continued to stand out, resembling that of a shipwrecked sailor, marooned on an island and heartsick for the sea. I'm going to bed. It's been a long night. Yes, long night. See you.
in the morning, dear. Yeah, Mom. Good night. You too, Dad. Good night. Despite being appareled in his bed, clothes, library books shelved, Bill refused to let sleep's hand usher him to the land of dreams, preferring to sit with one ear against his bedroom wall, listen intently to the Congo drum that was his father's voice, and the matching water-bright soprano of his mother's beyond the wall. Charles! Must we go through this again? Why not? You can't just shunt it to the to the side, Diane. You're a good man, honey. I just hate seeing you punishing yourself so harshly. Will Will makes me feel so old. There's still life left in you. A lot of a lot of good it does me now. Think about it, Diane. I was already pushing forty when he was born. Charles? Hell hell, how old how old were you when, when we tied the knot? Twenty four twenty four to my thirty nine. Age didn't matter to me. What did what did to others? Remember when our remember when our boy was little? Their remarks? Oh, what a lovely grandson you have. Your daughters must have found a great your daughter must have found a great catch. Daughter and grandson, Diane, not wife and son. There were only playing around, dear. After we corrected them. That's all in the past now. No. I can still hear them. Charles, please? I never never even had enough energy to do fun things with Will. You know, play baseball, catch, hike forest trails, race him over hills. You know what, you know, stuff other fathers enjoyed with their sons. You built a treehouse together. Which we never finished and had to tear down. No thanks to these stubborn, brittle fossils of mine. Too little, too late. Everything off your chest now? Eh, a little. Well, now, about we change the subject. And you can't tell me what was on the paper you hid from Will. Mm, nothing. Just some advertisement. 
Are you sure? Yes. Doesn't doesn't mean much. All right. Look, come to bed and sleep it off. Okay? Sure. Don't leave your catch hanging, lion. As you command, my lady. <laughs> Leo predicted with pinpoint accuracy the sound. Expected it, expected it as another part of the nightly routine in the Holloway household. Laying there with both eyes picturing the image as if he were there, there as a key witness. Along with the slow plodding footsteps along the hall and down the stairs. Front door. He was out of bed and at his window when the third pro- when the third prophecy had been fulfilled. From behind the window pane, Will watched with a long face Charles Holloway in his light gray overcoat, physically departing from their world, en route to his own. Enjoy the library, Dad. One sonic boom from a thousand fathoms slapped this hand of hand of sleep away and yanked Will's eyes open, followed by flashes of light as brilliant as from heaven. Whoa! Doesn't sound like no ordinary storm to me. Oh, please let it, please say it is. Ah! The inclination to hide was palpable, based on the suffocating grip both both hands held on the rim of, the, of his blanket. But the next flock of flashing lights stayed, stayed them, arousing bewilderment. 
Wait. Yellow? Orange? Red? What the heck? Upon opening his window pane, the invitation was extended for all sights and sounds to enroach in, in Will's ears and dance in his guts. Golly! Those clouds! The thick dark above, extending from his neighborhood and into the whole of Greentown, eclipsed the night sky it's the night sky itself, like someone poked a hole in limbo, allowing a massive influx of its dimension to leak in. Even that paled in comparison to another troubling peculiarity. But even that paled in, cons in comparison to, to another troubling peculiarity. Will zeroed in on with precision as he as he leaned his head out. That lightning. Different colors, different colors, not just... Wait. One open hand reached out, then pulled back in. No rain? Nothing coming down except lightning? I... Uh... Will! Will's head turned to Jim's house next door. From his bedroom window, like a reflection, Jim's gaze met his. Jim! Quite, quite a storm, quite a storm, ain't it? Yeah, real unusual. Still exciting though. Oh, I wish, I wish it were only that. I wish it were only that. Watching the skies sketching vein pattern, pa vein patterns of several colors that streaked down in a rampage, both of them took notice of a third peculiarity. Look at the lightning! All those different colors, all those different colors. I know already, Will. No, for goodness, for goodness' sake, look again. What? It's hitting places, and. Going back up? Why? I haven't I haven't the foggiest Jim, watch out A stray bolt swooped like an angry vulture and struck struck the middle uh, the middle of Jim's house. Crackles of sparks spurted, and tiny bolt tri bolt trinkets leapfrogged over each other. Jim! Will! Help! We're getting fried! Hey, shut your window and stay inside! But Will fail, failed to heed his own order, for another unfathomable sight held him, held him in place firmly. 
Sparks and bolts began ascending the structure towards the rod nailed in the chimney top that soon would absorb them into its body, making it cast an ember glow of gold. A gold beam of light shot in a continuous diagonal ray into the cloud. Oh, I better ah! Another stray, another stray bolt dive bombed and caught Will's house in in the midsection. Will leapt into bed and sought cover under his blankets at last as the storm of several colors searched and seized in the name of its unknown known benefactor. Is it over? Opening the window and leaning outside again, the tension in Will finally rescinded. No wind in his face, nor flashes flashes and, and ricochet, ricocheting electri electrical artillery put to rest. Nocturnal nocturnal stillness calming him. Thank goodness. I hope Jim's all right. He read his instincts correctly, for Will spotted Jim again, staring with slack-jawed eyes at eyes at the roads in town. I feel like I've been burgled. Something something's missing. Huh? His face skipped as if. His face suddenly skipped as if zapped by a cattle prod, senses returning to normal. Huh? Sorry about sorry about that, Will. Lost direction for a moment is all. Lost direction for a moment is all. You going to be all right? Of course, silly. Well, get ready for this, Jim. I just saw your lightning rod suck all suck all that electricity and shoot some kind of gold beam thing into the sky. You, you serious? One hundred percent. But he said, but he said it was supposed to protect me. Oh, that swindler! When I see him, when I see him again, I'll look over there. Where? There, the storm cloud. It, it's moving like chimney smoke into the countryside. B. 
Uh-oh. Well, I-, I hear it again. Hear what? That music from before. Listen. Carnival is nearly here. Calm down, Jim. The train. Sounds so close. Let's go check it out. This late? Yes, this late. But but before Jim would, before Jim and Will could get another word in, Jim retreated into his room. Back in five minutes, dressed in daytime apparel with brown binoculars held by elastic around his neck. Oh, come on, Jim. Binoculars? Going bird watching, are you? This ain't, this ain't for birds. Now get dressed, bring your own, and come on! <laughs> Jim shimmied to a nearby drain pipe and climbed down. <laughs> Here goes nothing. Get a move on, Will. I ain't waiting up. I ain't waiting up. <sighs> always, always this late with him.
the lemons pretty soon it quieted pretty soon the cloud dispersed the men and the men and the illustrated man the dust witch and the men no no longer around in the meadow the carnival tents waited black flags those great sideshow signs swar- swarming with unguessed wings, horns, and demon smiles flapped. Noble horses hung mid-gallop on a carousel. The mirror maze housed a, a multifold series of empty vanities stretching deep into fathoms unknown. All of it, like everything else, silent, empty, biding time. Something Wicked This Way Comes, Act 1 Finale, has been brought to you by Connected, Anchor World Radio and Radio Drama. Based on the novel by Ray Bradbury, by Tim Philippia, by Tim Philippia and Maria Ilyu. Backed by Daniel Olson. And thus, we bring Act One of Something This Way Comes, Something Wicked This Way Comes to a close. Our soundtrack, of course, as mentioned, is provided by Daniel Olson. First, with Rorliga Builder, our opening theme. And then there are two Davids. First one being David Shire with Jack Pumpkinhead from the Return to Oz soundtrack. And David Litch, L-I-C-H-T, with Bogeyman, Boogeyman Fight and Cage Ride from the soundtrack of Silent Hill Downpour. Now, for the listener familiar with the novel's text, you'll likely notice some major shifts. One being how the narration has kind of taken to letting the characters call the action. And this was a conscious decision on my part. It was intentional and maybe a little, and it might be a little controversial. Like, like some of the dialogue is gonna, may, will probably grate on your ears, grow tedious after a while. With, you know, with Will and Jim always referring to, to each other often by their names and their method of, of, of you know, describing so much. But at the same time, their narration was needed. Since radio is a different format compared to a novel, you know, some mediums don't gel all the time when translated. It's something I've been learning as I go along and and made mention of this in the previous episode of the sacrifices that had to be, you know, considered. As well as additions not found in the source material. Now let's start, for example, with the obvious one, the glaring one, the storm. I believe there was a... I believe in the novel there was a motive of metaphor when Ray Bradbury spoke of a storm coming in the novel. But here, I felt there needed to be some payoff as a radio performer. So a manufactured storm arriving and working its mysterious magic fit with the fantasy aspect, never detracting, at least to me. It also gave something for Will and Jim to work off of when expressing their distinctive personalities, especially after Jim's house is struck is struck and something is sucked away. 
the beginning of his character this is the beginning of his character arc that will go that will be prominent throughout the story appearing here this adds it also adds stakes as well for will's character since he's not like jim there's tension in the situations they find themselves in you know having and he's having to force himself to take on aspects of bravery and resoluteness in order to keep jim from slipping away so in that sense will needs jim just as i believe jim needs will they complete each other. Another addition, which is more of an alteration, is the carnival setup scene. Now, Ray, ref- now Ray Bradbury, Bradbury refers to it as unsettlingly quiet, but here it's pretty noisy and chaotic. And I had, and I did have, you know, reservations, re- you know, about presenting it this way, realizing how distinguishable and glaring this alteration is. I mean, I'm fearing I'd gone against his original vision. But what consoled me somewhat was I sensed there was still horror to be found in the typical, which is the set, which you have the typical carnival setup with the barking, people barking orders and all that. And then, you know, the thunderstorm, the storm of different colors, all the beams coming down. It's it's subtly hinting at what will be found in the the second act, you know, with the horror lurking in, in the everyday ordinary. And I also took it upon myself to elaborate a little bit more on the characters of the Dust Witch and the, other, and the Illustrated Man and that big burly man ordering the other, others around. You can see that they have clearly, de- they're clearly defined and, have, and also there's a foreshadowing of what role they'll play as the story proceeds. Yes, Ray was more subtle with them. Me, I was a little more over- overt. But again, it's just two different styles. Nothing more. But aside from that, I'm really proud with how the first two scenes in Will's, um, where Will's house turned out. You know, bringing out a family dynamic between him and his parents. Adding some li- and, you know, I added some lines to flesh it out even more. And in the end, you feel very empathetic towards Charles, his father, who feels, you know, he feels himself old and full of regrets. But you gotta re- now you've got to remember, standards and viewpoints were different in the 1930s. But the fears and insecurities are universal. So anyway, that's what I have to say on the material. What did you think, Maria? So what did you think? So what did you think, Maria? Maria, you there? What'd you th- what'd you think of this episode? Hello. So what did you think, Sam? Maria? Oh, it was very good. Enj- I enjoyed it. Oh yeah? You like playing Di- Diane? Yes. Yeah. yes, it was a new role for me. It was yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked and uh, and I think it's a great finale, you think, for Act One? Yes. Yep. Well, I hope this. Well, I hope this gets you all prepared, listener, for act for act two for act two. And so that, but that's our show for today. I would like to thank the sponsors, Naturally Autistic Anka, and the Gregory Calora family for making shows like this possible. Remember, their home business website is naturallyautistic.com, and their Facebook pages are Naturally Autistic Anka, Anka Promotes, Anka Radio Shows. Naturally Autistic Magazine, and Anchor World Autism Festival.
You can also follow them on Twitter under Naturally Autist. Also, with regards to Naturally Autistic Magazine, you can subscribe to that, to that as well. If you're curious about the content, you can preview an issue online. For further details, visit naturallyautistic.com and keep up to date with Naturally Autistic Magazine, the Facebook spin-off page as well. There's also the option of subscribing online. Additionally, don't forget about the 2017 World Autism Festival happening right here in Vancouver, British Columbia from September 28th through October 4th, 2017. And if you are are still interested in in attending, please visit naturallyautistic.com for more details on registering registering a place in the festival and getting to know the autistic world community better. Finally, thank you, listener, for tuning in. Tomorrow, don't miss another episode of Autistic Broadcast News. Until then, this is Tim Polipiak and Maria Iliu wishing you all a good day, night, or next day. Do you want to say goodbye, Maria? Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Yes, and remember, stay connected. Thank you very much. We are, uh, this, is, this has been Connected. Signing, signing off.